This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Harry's. Get $5 off one of their shave sets, including a limited edition Father's Day set at harrys.com forward slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, May 25th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me in studio is the coolest cat at Fool Headquarters, Mr. Taylor Markerman. How are you today, sir? What's up? How's it going? It's going all right, man. Good? Yeah, it's great. Nice, uh, simple t-shirt you got on there. It's t-shirt Thursday. (laughs) 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 That's actually a thing with you, isn't it? No, I don't know. I I just thought about it. Screw, forget Taco Thursday. We want. There's a Taco Tuesdays. I don't even know. No, they do. They do tacos on Thursdays at Whole Foods up the street. Okay, I do that. Yeah, anyway, it could be both days. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, we can make it in the new kitchen from the Renos. Yes, we can. Um, so today we're talking about Donald Trump's energy policy initiatives. Lots of fun stuff there. Um, Ford's got a new CEO, um, John Rosevere, the Motley Fool senior auto specialist. Uh, talk to them. And uh, but first, we've got OPEC cut production again. Taylor. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I guess the first one didn't work so great. But anyway, um, so. Uh, OPEC announced they're going to extend their production cut by nine months into March 2018. Um, I can't believe that's only nine months away now. I think about it like it felt like it just turned. You know, it felt like we were just talking about the cut in last November. Yeah, it does. It, you know, um, cuts are going to be shared more or less equally across the board, particularly between Saudi Arabia and Russia, who really, really, really want oil up. Um, what? So the best part about this, of course, is that oil's down a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it 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 you know what gained a dollar or two over last week. Would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean it was a couple weeks ago. It was still in the forties, high forties. Now it's in the low fifties. So um, it's still up for the last right few weeks. So but. this is not a surprise. So the price probably isn't going to change because the market. It, it prices things in. Yeah, everybody's saying, "Oh, they only cut for nine more months. Oh, we need OPEC so, to carry all the weight." Wah. That's that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. What does the market want? Because it seems to me like apparently the market just wants Russia and Saudi Arabia to literally say, "All right, so here's the deal: we're going to keep cutting production until oil's at eighty. Okay. Well, I promise you this: if Aram Saudi Aramco was a publicly traded company and folks own shares in that. They wouldn't be clamoring for OPEC to cut oil production. Oh, that's interesting. Because it would be publicly traded and investors would have a stake in it. Uh. They want OPEC to cut because those are companies that they can't invest in. So they want oil to go up for the companies that they do invest in without the companies that they invest in reducing their oil output. Yeah. To help out the market. Now, the other side of that coin is there's got to be like a you know marginal utility curve where the production that gets cut. Is less than the loss in revenue that you get from the increased oil price, yeah. right? Um, I mean, I've, but they I, just continue to put pressure on OPEC to do all their right. do all their dirty work for yeah. them, um, on, and they're guys. not making more cuts; they're just extending cuts, right? So, which is in people interesting. people wanted either more cuts for nine months or same cuts for longer than nine months, and it's just not going to happen. What, um, like, what are the what does the like? I just can't believe it's not moving. Like I'd be very depressed if I was Saudi Arabia right now. You mean to the upside? It's not moving. Yeah. Up, it's not moving up. Well, I mean, yeah, everyone's saying that this has kind of been baked in because people have been talking about them extending cuts for the last few weeks. They just haven't been confirmed efforts that they would right. extend so the cuts. Been and you still have Nigeria and Libya that are kind of free from having to cut their production because of internal strife that mm. has limited their production over the years. And uh, I mean, you look at. 
rig count activity in in other OPEC countries, and since April of 2010, just it's up up into the up into the right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like how much percentage wise? Just I don't know. So you're looking at uh, let's see. I mean the market almost w- almost triple from f- between the UAE, Kuwait, Qatar, and Algeria. The oil rig count has almost tripled from, let's call it, fall 2010 to April of this year. Oof. So in, in Saudi Arabia is leading this because I'm sure all the other OPEC members are. Yeah, you, know, you were talking about like U.S. investors want OPEC to cut. Um, well, you know any the other investor OPEC in an guys. oil company that's not based in an OPEC nation that you right. can publicly trade once oil prices up. And OPEC to you got to know, like all the the smaller OPEC countries that you just mentioned, they're like, "Hi, Saudi Arabia, we know you want oil up because of your Aramco IPO that you totally yeah. like, want to raise two hundred billion dollars through." So you kind of <laughs> yes, I mean, there's definitely some game theory going on here. Some some. Where 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 is the beautiful mind Nash guy? Where was no, his first name? Nash Equilibrium. Yeah, like, we need his whole to do that. name just yeah. Nash Equilibrium. His no, first well, name. Well, no, he had a first <laughs> name. Nash first John Nash. It was John Nash. Nash. Jeez. Yeah, Nash Equilibrium, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, Russell Crowe movie. We'll have a yeah. show about Nash Equilibrium later in the, yeah. later in the century. <laughs> what other? We actually might be the the show for it. Doesn't really we? work in tech. Well, it could work in tech. I don't know. Anyway, um, I just I. This is comical to me now. Yeah, I mean, stories as old as the time that Tales we've been doing time, this podcast. Really? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, really? Yeah, but not that old. Just as old uh, as we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, literally. Uh, all right, well, before we move on, I wanted to once again give a special thanks to Harry's for supporting our podcast. Uh, I actually used it this morning. The only thing that felt better than the foaming shave gel was actually the blade itself. They should be called smoothies. Smoothies, yeah. you think? Yeah. Not like razors, but smoothies? Yeah. Marketing. You're a genius. Instead of Harry's smoothies. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and the other thing was, um, I'm typically an electric razor man. Uh, okay. I got to tell you, I couldn't believe this This razor. F- I used to just buy the cheap ones. And yeah. just, I was like, forget this. Um, the- you just love the weight in your hand and the yeah. way it almost shaves your face yeah. for you. Uh, man Let, with a letting hammer. gravity do the work. Um, but uh, razor smelt, felt smooth. Um could not thank them enough for supporting the Motley Fool and Industry Focus. Um, they've actually got, uh, there's a Harry Shave set. It actually makes the perfect Father's Day gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I really hope my dad isn't listening to this episode because I definitely got him one. Uh-oh. Uh, he's been using the same electric razor shaving cream for 10 years, and I definitely wanted to give my dad an upgrade. Shaving so, uh, cream with an electric razor? No, no, no. <sighs> anyway. the same. Oh, no, 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 no. He alternates, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he does. Um, definitely want to give him an upgrade, give him the Harry's experience, because I, I loved it. Um, they're all about a great shave at a fair price. Um, I don't know if you know this, Taylor, but they're actually German-crafted blades, and there's five of them on this thing. They're flex-hinged, and they have a lubricating strip. Of course they are. Naturally. Any good razor comes out of Germany. German engineering. Um, and uh goes without saying, but 100% quality guarantee, and Harry's offers a full refund if you are not happy. Um, you can even get $5 off one of their shave sets, including a limited edition Father's Day set at harrys.com forward slash fool. Um, shave sets start at just $15, not to mention $5 off when you go to harrys.com forward slash fool. Um, get the razor handle, moisturizing shave gel, and three of Harry's five blade precision engineered razors. Uh, so, once again, thank you, Harry's. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Muckerman. Hey. Trump's budget, um, the, the energy policy. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of making dive into the whole thing. Kind of making good on his promise to drill, baby, drill. 
A little bit, yeah. He's opening up the Arctic, um, seeks to raise about $1.8 billion over the next decade by leasing oil in the Arctic National Wildlife Reserve. Um, I think that's most commonly known as Anwar or something like that. Oh, God, I haven't heard that in like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, right? Well, because they haven't been drilling there, Sean. Oh, well, fine. But it's about to be I forgot the name. blasted all over headline news for the next decade as he raises $1.8 billion. Didn't Shell just leave the Arctic because it's expensive and hard to do? Oh, yeah, they lost billions up there. Why are, we, had, why had, are we opening this up? They then? had <laughs> rigs running aground. They had... They could. They didn't find oil. They thought. Do you know the number? Was, was it like two or three billion dollars? I don't know. It was. It was. It was a lot of plural. Money. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were nine zeros. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't. I don't frankly know why we're opening this up. Maybe because we're nervous that shale will run out and we need offshore oil. But it seems like we've been saving our Gulf of Mexico offshore oil. Yeah, the last that's few there years. too. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if anyone bites. Right. Yeah. Because it's just opening it up. Yeah. It's not. It's not that you know? he's actually gotten bids it's, it's that he and his team just want to make a statement i think so um an oil wobbled the other day because he talked about selling some of the oil in our reserve oh yeah you know just putting our national interest uh at heart Why? There. like uh, to raise money for some, like yeah but it's only 500 like 500 million dollars uh, the sales from the reserves would gradually rise over the following years, peaking at nearly $3.9 billion in 2027. Alright, so just for everyone out there, we have around 688 million barrels of crude oil in our strategic uh, petroleum reserves, which is about 74 days of our current production rate of 9.3 million yeah. barrels per day. And we did that after the uh, the OPEC, I'm sorry, the embar- oil, Iranian oil embargo yeah. in the late 70s. Just, so that, just yeah. in case, if we need it, we have some oil that we don't need to worry about exports. Isn't all of that in like some crazy underground cave? I uh, have in Louisiana and Texas, I yeah, believe. It's yeah, it's like in these heavily caves. guarded. Probably, probably more legitimate than the gold in Fort Knox. Really? Oh wait, it might be worth more. Well, because yeah. there's all well, That's I don't know about the value. I'm just saying there's all these, these conspiracy theories that there's actually no gold in Fort Knox. Really? Yeah, you never never heard. No, of that. I just saw Goldfinger, where the villain in the James Bond movie wanted to blow up Fort Knox. <laughs> yeah, and after watching that movie, the president he made, moved, all, moved the gold. all the gold. Oh my gosh! Because it gave just like all the casinos now after Ocean's Eleven, they don't keep any money in their vault. Naturally, I <laughs> I no, I'll tell you what though, I have been to the Federal Reserve in New York. Their gold vault. Yeah. Five stories below the street. Yeah. That is legit. You've been down there? Yeah. They didn't move that after Die Hard. No. Or is that lethal? Die Hard, right? It was, it was yeah, Die Hard, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but like in each country has stacks of gold yeah. down there. It's like, oh, that's England's gold. That's like, and it was all moved there. After when they World start buying that back, there's also conspiracy theories about oh my countries bringing the Stop gold it. back under the cloak of darkness, yeah. so that no one really knows <laughs> where it is or who how, who has how much. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, I can personally verify that there were giant stacks of gold down there. So we've given folks a few conspiracy theories if they want to go chase a rabbit if, hole. If they want to go watch YouTube for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Gold no Federal Reserve it's conspiracy no YouTube folks. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Um, is, is The federal budget's over $2 trillion. Why do we need this money? Because he wants to increase infrastructure okay. and military spending while cutting taxes, Sean. Just needs to legalize marijuana, and then we can keep our oil and our strategic petroleum what, reserves. What is with you and your marijuana kick lately? You're all about the the hydroponics the other week. Well, because we we've, we've been covering a lot in Canada, Stock Advisor Canada. Oh yeah, because I mean it's a booming it's business. Going to be sure. legalized for anyone over 18 next July. Oh boy, um, for any of those folks that live near the border. 
Naturally. Um, but also because if you look at the the states that are doing it, they're making a lot of tax revenue. Yes, and they are. Crime, drug related crime is going down in most of those states. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why? Well, yeah. yeah, you're removing. Yeah. Um, so moving on, um, Ford got a new CEO. They did. What do you think about that? Ex furniture CEO taking over yeah. a Ford automotive company that's trying to concentrate on automated driving. So this is the second time this has happened. So um, Ford executive chairman Bill Ford, um, he you know obviously last name mm-hmm. right? Yeah, legacy. Um, Great grandfather or grandfather? I don't know which one it was. Might have been. I'm thinking grandfather. Grandfather, yeah. Um, made the bold decision to shake up the company's leadership by hiring a new CEO from outside the auto industry. Um, and you, of course, the furniture company. It's Steelcase CEO Jim Hackett. Um, yeah. So he, he didn't come straight from there. He's been at Ford running their automotive department or automated uh, driving department. But uh, right. Yeah, and, autonomous uh, driving. So it's interesting because um, Steelcase is actually known for being a really cool company, given yeah. what they do. And he led the transformation from like cubicle offices to open floor plans, and right? Basically pioneered that not just for his company, but I think for the entire like office furniture. Right. The glass door ratings of the company are awesome, yeah. and he's just very forward thinking guy. Yep. Um, our uh, the full senior auto specialist John Rosevier had the opportunity to chat with Executive Chairman Bill Ford and its new CEO Jim Hackett, um, formerly of Steelcase. Um, now, you may be wondering why he did this, and it's because they wanted a new perspective and the ability to adapt in the 21st century. And as you said, he's running, you know, he was running the automated driving division. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they spoke with Ford's new CEO uh, in just a big conference room, and then they actually sat down with uh, John. Uh, this was after the announcement? Yeah, they wow, talked to him later in the that. afternoon, Motley sat down Fool with him exclusive. one-on-one. Um, I want to give everybody a real quick snippet, and then I'll, uh, I'll give you guys directions on how to get the full article. Um, but uh, So, John starts off, and he says, Jim Hackett, uh, the former Steelcase has been running Ford's future tech subsidiaries, taking the top job effective immediately. Ford announced it on Monday, went into the interview, and... Reports over the last couple of weeks were the reason for the move was that Ford's board was unhappy with the share price moves and everything. And mm-hmm. John asked him about this, and Bill Ford said, The fact is, we are in unprecedented times, both in terms of opportunities and potential landmines. I believe that we need a transformational leader who has done it and who has reimagined a company into a future and then brought that company along with him. He's, of course, referring to Steelcase here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very fortunate to have that in Jim. Um, Rosevere asked Jim, you know, what needs to be changed at Ford? And uh, Mr. Hackett went on to describe how he actually still believes in people, and despite the whole automated thing. Mm-hmm. Um, starts with the people and how they can be empowered to do their jobs. The decision-making improvements we want to make are about reducing the friction that can be built up over time. Um, I'm actually very anxious to see what happens here, because um, given the just constant dynamic change that um, has occurred over the last 10, 20 years with... Oh, just the advent of computers and AI and robots and all that stuff. Um, and Ford is a huge company. They have plants all over North America. For now. For now. I'm just, um, I'm just kidding. Yeah, That's for just sure. just a joke. Um, but it was an awesome read. It was really cool that John was able to sit down with him. He actually knows a ton of people over at Ford. I highly recommend following him if you're interested in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the full article, just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. And I'll be sure and post it to our Twitter, at TMF Energy as well. Yeah, and so just one quick thing. He's going to have more support and rely on some of his "quote unquote" lieutenants much more than former CEOs. For the car stuff, yeah, because he doesn't have a technolo- technological background, so he's, he's it's more of a cultural thing. You think? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And and he's sixty two, so yeah. there can't be like they can't expect him to be the CEO for a decade. I wouldn't imagine. Right. So uh, go in there, change the company, change for five a bunch years. of things, groom yeah. one of these two guys who. 
Um, I think they had to convince. So they made a few other internal promotions, and I, th- I think they had to convince one of them pretty hard to stay. And it's probably like one of those things where, all right, you two are going to duel it out for the next three to four years. Yeah. Whoever emerges takes over the role as CEO. Yeah, it's it's really cool how um, uh, GM and Ford are like embracing the technology and the dy- dynamism and. Well, it's about everything. time for Ford. General Motors is partnered with Lyft and Google, yeah. and you know they've got uh, Honda partnering with Waymo, which is part of uh, Google's autonomous driving uh, outfit, and you've got uh, Fiat doing the same thing. So. There's companies out there that pretty, are a little few steps ahead of, of Ford and when it, when it comes to autonomous driving. Pretty pretty soon we're gonna lose the uh, the autos uh, to Dylan Lewis over there in the tech sector. Look, he's I already think. outside yeah, the glass trying to poach him. You want GM and Ford, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you want. Yeah, them. no, they're ours. You. No, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna buy high and sell low to you, bud. Well, there's also a talk about like Dylan's given this evil plotting look. <laughs> who's really going to profit from autonomous driving? Is it going to be a car manufacturer? Or is it going to be the people that provide the software, the security, the sensors? It's who's really going to make the money here? We shall see. Or is it going to be the sh- the people that make the aluminum shells, the aluminium aluminium shells? Where did you get that? From? Aluminium. That's how they pronounce it. Aluminium. Aluminium. In Canada? No, everywhere else. Really? I think so. Oh, yeah. in the world? Yeah. Oh gosh. America. Aluminium. Aluminium? Yeah. Now our producer's laughing at us. What <laughs> what's wrong, Austin? What? <laughs> you say you come in here and you say aluminium. Aluminium. <laughs> we love you, Austin. <laughs> haven't you ever watched Top Gear? That's how they say it. Yeah. Oh aluminium. wow. Yeah, see? No. I haven't, but thank you. For That's that awesome. Validation. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the whole feet versus meters thing in the world, too. Miles and kilometers. Well, feet are obviously better than meters. Obviously, it goes without saying. Yeah, and we even we, even when we reference meters, we still spell it wrong just to be American. Oh, you want it R E? I mean, that's a lot of people spell it. God, I can't. Ugh. Anyway. Ugh. Crazy. Anyways. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, Was yeah, that is here? it. You. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a wacky show, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. We haven't talked about Ford in uh, forever, maybe. Uh, yeah, we need to get Rosevere in again. Anyway, uh, that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune tomorrow for the technology show with Dylan Lewis, who will never get the autos. Uh, if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based only on what you're hearing here on this program. For Taylor Markman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.